Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Whew, I missed this thing. <laughs> I got one loaded. Y'all ready? Sure. Have your Bibles, find Philippians chapter number three. And uh, if anybody has interested, I, I, am, I am going to, in the next three Sundays, today and the next two, I am going to finish the book of Philippians. And I will try to do it by not staying here till 2 o'clock in the first <laughs> service. Um, let's just open with a word of prayer. Father, the scriptures tell us that we are spiritually discerned. The scriptures tell us that without divine assistance, we will not understand the things of God. Without divine initiative, we won't even want to understand the things of God. So, Father, like the choir beautifully sang, I believe it. I believe you are here. I believe you want to speak to people. I know you want your people to bless your name again. I know you want your people to say, holy, holy. Yet if we confess, life causes us to be laden with distraction, with worry, anxiety, fear. Life causes us and our broken flesh causes us and our enemy causes us to be victims of the sins of others and the sins of self. And so we come to you as very needy people, understanding already that on our best day to to hear and abide in your word on our best day needs divine intervention. Most of us aren't in the middle of our best day. So bless us, God, not just to deal with a piece of literature, but to hear the voice of the living God in the midst of all of our struggle, to hear you speak to us, and to hear you calling out our name. In Jesus, I pray. Amen. And amen. Amen. So, you guys might want to keep your Bibles in your laps, keep them handy. We're going to do a little bit of Bible drill this morning. But let me just start off by saying this. Sometimes we just need some plain talk. Somebody say amen. Amen. We need somebody to pull back all the political mumbo jumbo and just tell it to us straight. But often when people tell it to us straight, it is so full of condemnation that we don't hear what's behind all that vigorous condemnation. So I want to give you all some plain talk, but I want to give it to you with the heart of a man who knows he himself is broken and in need of much grace. This passage is very much a moment, a point of decision where the apostle was looking at the people at Philippi and because of the work of the Holy Spirit... The Holy Spirit is looking at the people of the Risa Baptist Church, the people of East Rock Community Church, the Christians of today, and he is saying to us, point blank and period, decide which way you're going to go. Exactly. Amen. Now, I tell a lot of young people that you're either going to be a monkey or a missionary. <laughs> monkey see, monkey do, right? How many of y'all have said that to a kid? I say it all the time. Sometimes, most of the time, it's probably in humor. Monkey see, monkey do. Monkeys look around at other monkeys and they do what the other monkeys are doing. 
But a missionary, they, they sort of do the same thing. A missionary see, missionary do. The thing is, a missionary has their eyes on God, and they see who God is, what God says, and they follow God. Missionaries emulate those others who also follow hard after Jesus. And because Ben was here three weeks ago, and, and then I haven't been here for two weeks, I, I, I want to re-preach all of Philippians. <laughs> Real quick. In most of chapter 1, we saw how a Christ-centered heart handles suffering. And in part of chapter 1 and into chapter 2, we see that a Christ-centered heart values the needs of others more than its own. And, and then we see how the Apostle Paul lifted Christ up as the ultimate servant and the ultimate example of servanthood in Philippians 2, 5 through 11. And then Paul took a moment to shine the light on Timothy and Epaphroditus and even himself and to say, like, this is what it looks like when a regular person hears that whisper of God and begins to walk with God. These are examples you can follow. And the last time I stood in this pulpit, I, I heard Paul's clarion voice saying to us, join the race, run your race. Now in today's passage, without pulling any punches. Paul say, if you don't know what it looks like to walk with Jesus, if you're not sure what a disciple of Christ looks like, then follow me. He's not saying to follow him instead of Christ. He's saying, if you need to see how flesh and blood follows Jesus, then come on and follow me. Imitate me. I am going to conduct my speech, my attitude, my endeavors, my treasures, my calendar. I am going to conduct it as a disciple of Jesus, and I'm telling you to follow me. And I want to tell you, folks, I think that's the word God would give us today. You find somebody that's really following Jesus, and you say, listen, I want to go along with you, and you show me how God's led you to this place. Amen. <clears throat> Philippians chapter number 3 and verse number 17, the Bible reads like this. <clears throat> Brothers, join in imitating me and keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example you have in us. For many of whom I have often told you and now tell you even with tears, walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their end is destruction, their God is their belly, and they glory in their shame with minds set on earthly things. But our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body by the power that enables him to subject all things to himself. Amen and amen. I want to give you a bunch of list of twos today. Are you ready? The first couple of lists, uh, the, the first several lists are, are just to set the stage for, for us unfolding this passage. Number one that I want to give you is there are two kinds of people. Y'all, did y'all know that? Yep. There are two kinds of people, and it's this simple. There's the lost and the saved. Did you know that? There's not Duke and Carolina. There's not Republican and Democrat. There's not white and black. There's not American and foreign. None of that stuff from the throne room of heaven matters one beetle's eyeball to God. That's right. None of it. The Apostle Paul in another book would put it like this, there is neither slave nor free, 
neither, neither Jew nor Gentile except it's just this, free in Christ or not free in Christ. There's either saved or lost. Now I want to ask you a question. How do you view your neighbors? Do you view your neighbors through the lens of their politics, their sports? Do you, do you view them through the, through the lens of how much money they have? Or do you see people around you as believers who you can walk with, edify, and encourage? Or do you see them as lost people that deserve your brokenness in tears and prayers? There's two kinds of people in the world. In Matthew chapter 25, uh, I'm going to quote three verses here. No, four, 31 through 34. When the Son of Man comes in His glory and all the angels with Him, then He will sit on His glorious throne. Get that image if you can. Can you see the returned Lord Jesus in all of His resplendent glory is now sitting on His throne? Compare that to how He walked. He walked humble. He walked contrite. He says at one point, I don't even, you know, foxes have it better than I do. Foxes got a hole to go into. I ain't even got a pillow to lay my head on. <laughs> but now when, this, when the king returns, right, when the king returns, he's not going to sit on some barred donkey. Amen. Amen. Verse 32 of Matthew 25. Before him will be gathered all the nations. Uh-oh, did you hear that? Who's going to be left out? Nobody. All the nations shall be gathered before Jesus. And listen to this. This is when it gets difficult. And he will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will place the sheep on his right, but the goats on his left. He will say to those on the right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Now he sends him goats off into a bad deal. Two kinds of people in the world, saved and lost. Now if Jesus were to return today, answer this question, would you be on his right or would you be on his left? Would you be a sheep entering into this blessed kingdom or would you be a goat destined for destruction? Now, among those two kinds of people, there's two types of believers. There's two types of believers. There's the strong and the weak. Now, you say, Tim, where do you get this from? I get it from the Bible. I'm going to throw it at you in a minute. You could express it in all sorts of ways. The abiding, those are failing to abide, people who are growing in the Lord, people who are shrinking back from the Lord, people who are holding fast to the Lord, and people who are falling apart at the seams. There's two kinds of believers. Listen to how... The Apostle Paul put it when he wrote this letter to the church at Rome. He says, we who are strong have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Ah, wait a minute. Hold on, Tim Bowes. Romans chapter 15, verse number 1 says, if you have deemed yourself a strong Christian, then you're that kind who is supposed to be spending your life on others. A bunch of you say, he ain't talking to me. I know I'm a strong Christian. Are you? If you're a strong Christian, your goal in life is not to get up comfortable. Your goal in life is not to live the American dream. Your goal in life is to serve. Amen. I don't know if there's a more important message I could give to this congregation as a new pastor comes on in a few days. Not weeks, a few days. If you say, I, I listen, I know I'm with the Lord. Okay, I'm saved. I'm a sheep, not a goat. <laughs> Amen. And I'm a strong Christian. 
then the definition of a strong Christian is they got others on their mind. Amen. Now let me read a little bit more from Romans 15. 15 15.2. Let each of us please his neighbor for his good to build him up. For Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of those who who reproached you fell on me. Whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction that through endurance and through the encouragements of scriptures we might have hope. Do you really say I'm a strong Christian? If you say that, then your life is about others. And in doing so, you follow the example of Christ. And in following the example of Christ, you have hope in this life. Amen. Well, there's two kinds of lost people too. And we'll, we'll categorize these sort of simply. We'll say there are lost people who are willing to listen and think and engage. And there's lost people who are closed off to the gospel. Consider how these people received the gospel at Berea in Acts chapter 17 verses 10 and 11. The brothers immediately sent Paul and Silas away by night to Berea. This is not Berea over in Granville County. This is a whole nother country just in case y'all was wondering. And when they arrived, they went into the Jewish synagogue. They went to the places where people had a value already on spirituality. Isn't that interesting? A value on the revelation of God. Verse 11 in Acts 17. Now these Jews were more noble than those in Thessalonica. Isn't that an interesting phrase? Now what's the divide line between more noble and less noble according to the scriptures? The second half of verse 11 says, They received the word with eagerness, and they examined the scriptures to see if these things were so. They were open to hearing, they were willing to search and learn, and they wanted to know the truth. Two kinds of people, lost and saved. Two kinds of saved people, strong and weak. Two kinds of lost folks, those who will listen to those who won't. So when you're spending your life on others, get this, you ready? You ready? I better unbutton my coat. I ate everything on vacation. (laughs) I ate everything. They got a lot more ice cream shops up in New England. They closing the churches, but they open the ice cream joints. If we could just get them two together. Y'all ready for this? Yes. And if you can do it, maybe you have to do it like this. You know, you can't do it like what I'm doing. All right, you ready for this? So, if you say, yes, I know that I know that I know that I'm a sheep. All right? I know it, and I know that I'm supposed to be living my life, giving my life over to others. I'm supposed to be a servant. Then are you ready for this? And your job is to, you ready? Are are y'all sure you're ready? Yes. Evangelize. Do this. Evangelize. What's this make you think of, the way I'm doing it? What's it make you think of? The cross. Remember this to live like Jesus. Some of y'all got tired quick. (laughs) Gotta get y'all signed up. (laughs) I'm tired now. You ready? Let's say it. So, I know that I know I'm a machine. And I'm supposed to be living my life for others. And when I look around at lost people, I don't judge them. I'm not broken over them. I say, man, I can't stand it. I can't stand it that people are lost and dead and dying and going to hell. They're already in hell and don't know it. Rescue the perishing. Somebody say amen. Amen. I know I'm a sheep. Am I strong or weak? Oh, I'm, I'm strong. Come on, do it with me. So I'm going to evangelize the lost. This is critical for the next steps of Teresa Baptist Church. Okay, you can drop your arm before somebody passes out. Okay, you ready? 
So if you got a believer around you who is weak, you ready? Let me get over here to the side. Y'all ready? Mm-hmm. All right, everybody do your forklift arms. If you need to, do sound effects. <laughs> you ready? What are you supposed to do? What does forklifts do? Preach, come on, brother. What do they do? So if you're dealing with a weak believer, what are you supposed to be doing? If you, if you got if you got a lost person, what are you doing? What if you got a lost person who's eager to learn? You take them to the cross and lift them up. Now, most of our lives in the American church, let's just get real honest. We snug a bugger and down in the American uh, way. If, if, if American culture was a quilt, we're trying to get our head all the way under it and just get comfortable. The call of the Christian life, the normal Christian life, the stable, normal Christian life is to be about others. Amen. To be concerned about lost people, to be concerned about weak and wounded believers, and to bring them Jesus and lift them up. Well, button my coat back up. I was preaching. I had a funeral before I left on vacation, and I was preaching so hard, I busted the button off my vest. (laughs) I'm going to stay away from that today. Now to the passage. I want you guys to turn to the passage. I'm going to have three twos. Two kinds of people, lost and saved. Two kinds of Christians, strong and weak. Two kinds of lost people, open and closed. What do you do with a closed lost person? You fast and pray. Because they need a revelation from God. This kind cometh out not only by prayer and by fasting. Only about three people knew that. <laughs> Baptists don't like fasting. That's like, what kind of casserole is fasting? <laughs> In other words, if you want a serious spiritual result, you have to put in serious spiritual work. Amen. Three twos. Lost, saved, strong, weak, open, closed. We have a responsibility to respond to every bit of this. Somebody came in this room today, and the, and the, and the totality of your Christian life is making it to this room on Sunday morning. That's, that's your whole Christian life. I go to church. Some of you go a little bit further. Your whole Christian life is... I come to this building and I give an offering. Some of you take a little farther. I go to this building and I listen to Christian radio. If your life is not about serving others, you are either not saved or you are a weak believer and you need to get in Jesus' gym this morning. And if you're worried about offending somebody with the gospel, imagine, imagine your fear of emotional offense being the blockade to somebody going to heaven. There's ways to do things without offending people. I, I have found in working with teenagers, I can pull any one of them aside and talk to them one-on-one. And you, you find a teacher in the room, especially a high school teacher, old boy can be acting just as tough and mean in front of all his friends. You get them one-on-one, and they'll just become little boys. they got these great big bodies. They just become little boys. You'll find people do the same thing. A few weeks ago, I, I was just somewhere uh, doing my life matters work. I'm running to somebody from, from, uh, 
from Theresa Baptist Church. I said, hey, what's going on in your life? And I could tell something was going on. And I said, ain't nobody here but me and you. Boom, poured it all out. Just poured it all out. You don't have to berate people. But the gospel says you do have to be concerned about it. Amen. All right, let's get into this passage. We've got another hour. Let's go. <laughs> Thank you all for laughing. I'll only be here a short time. <laughs> Four more twos. That's the introduction. So now you've got to make some decisions. This passage reveals to us that there are two ways of walking. If you go back and look at Philippians chapter number 3, if you look particularly at verses 17 and 18, you will see there that there are, there are those who walk according to the example you have in us. In other words, there are those who follow the apostles' teaching. Okay? There's one way of walking. And then in verse 18 it says, Many walk as enemies of the cross. Now, here's what's really interesting to me. If you want to see what an example of a person walking with God is, it says go look at these apostles. Go look at Jesus. Look at the teaching in the scriptures. Go look at some of these heroes of the faith. None of whom were perfect people, but they were people in pursuit. Not perfection, but pursuit. Look at your neighbor and tell them, not perfection, but pursuit. Isn't that interesting? But if you'll see something here, if you've got your Bibles open, and I pray you do, Philippians chapter 3, verse number 18, many walk as enemies of the Christ. Let me read the, uh, 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 the whole verse. Many of whom I've often tell you, told you and now tell you, listen to this, even with tears, does the Apostle Paul feel better than lost people? No. How does he feel about lost people? He's broken. He's broken. This is a sign of somebody who's walking like Jesus. I run into a lot of people. Matter of fact, I went to church while I was on vacation. I went to one church in, I don't even know where I was, to tell you the truth, Rhode Island. I went to another church in uh, Maine. And, uh, and uh, hogwash sermons, good googity moogity. Y'all get one, a better sermon here and, and on one Sunday than they get in the whole month of that mess. I'm here to tell you. One of them kept apologizing. They had to read the word repent. I'm serious. Apologized like ten times because he had to read the word repent in the passage. I don't apologize for reading the word repent. I Amen. can't apologize for a Bible God's given me. Amen. The other guy, man, he basically said, if you ain't me, you're going to hell. That's what he basically said. Right? And, 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 and I'm telling you, man, I, I saw one guy had brokenness but had voided the truth. Saw another guy clinging to the truth, and he was just full of judgment. You know what God calls us to? To be full of brokenness and hold to the truth. Amen. That's the Christ-like way. Somebody say amen. Amen. Now look at this. This is very interesting in verse 18. Paul's broken over these people, and they walk as enemies of the Christ. Now check this out. Verse 19 says what's going to happen. Their end is destruction. Now he starts to describe these people. Their God is their belly. Oh my goodness, I've got a big God. <laughs> if I'm one of these people, I'm better than Buddha. Does this literally mean their God is their belly? Because, you know, some skinny people are like, oh, I don't have much to work with. It means they are ruled by their appetites. They are ruled by what they want. Now, you go back and look at how this is the opposite of a strong sheep. So, you got to start to say, man, am I one of these people who's walking with Jesus, 
I'm, I'm, I'm not living life for me. I'm living life for God, and I'm living life looking at others. It says that God is their belly. They glory in their shame. That means they take pride in things that are sinful. You go look at Isaiah chapter 1, Romans chapter 1. These two wonderful places spell out what it looks like for, for people who say, you know, this, the Bible says it's bad, but I call it good. The Bible says this is good, and I say it's bad. That means you glory in your shame. And listen, this is a big one. Colossians 3.19, with mind set on earthly things. If most of what consumes you is what you're going to do for fun, leisure, and pleasure, I'm not saying you're not a Christian. I'm saying you're a weak one. If how you spend your time, talent, and treasure is consumed with what you can do to please you, you are probably a weak Christian. Am I going to be able to come back the next two Sundays? Yes. Because y'all looking at me mighty tough right now. <laughs> Smile, cuss, do something. Don't just sit there. Bring it on. Now let me bring a case really quickly. This is not just a New Testament thing. Look at Deuteronomy chapter number 8, verse number 6. You might want to write this down and check it out. I'm going to throw a lot of verses at you quick. So shall you keep the commandments of the Lord your God by walking in His ways and by fearing Him. Walking in His ways. What would Jesus do? I love Psalm chapter 1, verse number 1. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. So you give it in the positive. They walk in the way of the Lord. They do not walk in the way of fools. I'll give you a sampling from Ephesians chapter 4. Part of verse 17 says this. Now this I say and testify in the Lord that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do. If your life hasn't changed by walking with Jesus, rut row, raggy. If your life hasn't changed because you're a disciple of Jesus, something ain't right, y'all. And I ain't talking about pointing to just the one thing. Well, I used to drink and I quit. It's got to touch every area of your life. It may be some faster than others, some deeper than others. You're a person in process. But if you can't say you ain't changed, you ain't been touched by the change maker. Amen. Y'all are going to read Ephesians 4, 17 through 24. Y'all too. I love how he says in verse 21, he says, uh, assuming you've heard about him. <laughs> he said, if you got Jesus right, then you got the kind of Jesus that tells you you better get right. Or, or look at Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 and 7. Therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. Abounding in thanksgiving. Humility and thanksgiving should be a part of the person's life who walks with the Lord Jesus. Somebody tell me amen. Amen. Amen description. Don't amen Tim Bowes. Now, here's the thing. A lot of people treat salvation like a get-out-of-hell-free card. Yep. They remember that time they walked the aisle, said the prayer, got the baptism. I did all my pieces. Now I've got the card. I rolled the dice, moved the piece, landed on the space. What I find interesting, and look this one up, Hebrews chapter 4. No, that's not true. It's either 928 or 428. My memory is slipping. That's all right. You go check it. Read the whole book of Hebrews. 
But it says he's coming back to save those who are eagerly awaiting him. Isn't that an interesting verse? So it's not, I got something and I'm going to go do whatever I want because I'm okay. No, he's got me and I'm going to do whatever he wants to because he's righteous. Or how about Ephesians chapter 4, beginning at verse 1. I therefore, prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. Two types of walks. Those who walk with Jesus and walk with those who walk with Jesus and those who walk by their own desires. And you know, it's easy to find a crowd that will tell you you can do whatever you want to do. Wide is the road that leads where, church? Y'all knew it. I'm, praise the Lord. Wide is the road that leads where? But narrow is the way to where else? Life. And how many find it? Few. You know why? Because if you offer to, if, if, if you get your advice from Dr. Phil and Oprah, you're probably on that wide road and it's crowded. If the content of your character comes from the evening news, Lord help you. I don't care which station you watch. If you are learning to live by Facebook, in nomine patri, affilia spiritu sancti, smell the smoke, something ain't right. Come on, church. That's right. There are two types of guides. Go back to Philippians chapter 3. Paul says, join in imitating me. He says, I'm going to give you an example. Or there's this other type of guy. He said, many end in destruction. <laughs> join in imitating me. Or many end in destruction. You see that? There are few who are walking with Jesus. Find them and rock with them. Find them and do life with them. I'm not telling you to turn there. I see the time is slipping, 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 slipping away. But make a note of Matthew 15, 10 through 20. Jesus says some tough stuff there. He says, hear and understand in verse number 10. It's not what goes into the mouth that defiles a person, but what comes out of the mouth that defiles, this defiles a person. In other words, Jesus says, it's what's in you that's coming out that reveals who you really are. He says this in verse 13 of Matthew 15. Every plant that my heavenly father has not planted will be rooted up. Whoo! Every plant that my father has not planted will be rooted up. <clears throat> then he says in verse 14, let them alone. They are blind guides. And if the blind lead the blind, both will fall into a pit. Any of y'all ever been out to Optimus Park? Back in the 80s, I was drunk. I mean, all the ages. And I was going to sneak into Optimus Park one night through the back way, and somebody had been doing some kind of land. They were having a tractor pull. I mean, you know, real sophisticated stuff going on. And I'm telling my friends, I know this. I'm living over at Carlisle Trailer Park, like 16 years old, renting a single wide. This is a recipe for stupidity, in case y'all didn't know it. I tell my friends, y'all, come on. We ain't got to pay. We're just going over there. It's, it's dark, and we, we, we don't, none of us have a flashlight, don't even own one. You know, didn't have cell phones with lights on them. We sneaking into the Optimus Park to watch the tractor pull. 
Well, somebody had been doing some kind of dirt work back there, and we was going along, and I decided to take off running out in front of everybody so they would feel lost. I was playing a trick on them. I fell in about a six-foot hole. I sure did. They come running. You all right? You all right? Only thing, I, I, I left the house with the top off of my liquor bottle. I was proud. I said, I didn't spill none. You see, you see, there's a true story that's a living embodiment of this passage. I was glorying in what I ought to be ashamed of. Running around with a fifth of liquor with the top off, drunk, acting a fool. Glorying in it. Look at me, boys. I didn't spill my liquor. The blind was leading the blind. You don't have to have a tough story. You, you can just watch Fox News or NBC or whatever. <laughs> And you'll get a bunch of blind folks that'll make you blind and lead you off somewhere too. You can just spend your whole weekend watching ESPN and the blind will lead the blind. That old hymn says, turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full into his wonderful face, and the things of this world will grow what? Who knows? We sing it, do we know it? Do you know it by experience? In Luke 6, 39 through 40 says, everyone will, when he is fully trained, will be like his teacher. Let me read to you Matthew 7, 13, and 14. That's that narrow gate, wide gate passage. But let me read it to you in a paraphrase. It's interesting to hear it like this. You ready? Don't look for shortcuts to God. The market is flooded with surefire, easygoing formulas for a successful life that can be practiced in your spare time. Don't fall for that stuff, even though the crowds of people do. The way to life to God is vigorous and requires total Attention. Quickly and toward the end, there are two cities. That's what the passage says. He says, our citizenship is in heaven. And that's what I mean. You've got to live heavenly minded in an earthly place. You've got to live from home while here. You've got to live from home. Went up here to New England. I don't know if y'all know this, but them folks don't act like us. Here I was walking around some town. I forgot the name. Of it, Brunswick, Maine. And, you know, I'm an old country boy. I'm, I'm walking down, and it's busy. It's full of tourists. And I'm walking down, hey, how y'all doing? Hey, how y'all doing? I'm like Andy Griffith on Mayberry. Hey. You know? People look at me like I done smacked them. <laughs> really? But I'm not going to stop being from North Carolina just because I'm in Maine. Somebody say amen. 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 I'm not going to forget my manners. I'm worried about my grandma. She's been dead years. That woman will come back and get me. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about you, you know sticking to your raising and knowing no matter where you are you got to be who you was raised to be Amen. well in Christ you got to be who you was resurrected to be you got to be who you was redeemed to be you got to be who you was purchased to be you got to be who the Savior is calling you to be and you got to be the citizen of heaven while you're down here on earth our citizenship is in heaven is what verse 20 of Philippians 3 tells us there's two kinds, of, two kinds of cities. There's the, there's the earthly city that's concerned about earthly things, and there's the heavenly city that's concerned about heavenly things. And earthly people want to go to heaven, but all they do is get concerned about the things of the earth. But heavenly people know they're already sitting there, and they're just here being ambassadors for a short period of time. Amen. 
You look at Colossians chapter 3, basically the whole chapter, but let me hit a couple highlights. Colossians 3, 2 says, set your minds on things above, not on things of the earth. That's a citizenship in heaven thought. Here's a citizenship on earth thought. Colossians 3, 5 says, put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you. Don't be earthbound. And he gives a list. Oh, my goodness, a list. Sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, covetousness, idolatry. Cookity moogity. A lot of people say, I don't worship no idol. <sighs> Invite me back for that sermon series. Amen. Colossians 3 7 says, In these you two once walked. You were living in it. That's, that's all you knew. Verse 8, but now you must put them away. And then he gives another list anger, wrath, malice, slander, obscene talk. Let's see, let's see if we've got any, any honest men in the room. Any of y'all men have ever struggled to put obscene talk out of your mouth? All right, the rest of y'all are struggling to tell the truth. <laughs> I can say the rest of y'all, but I know, I, I've been around some of y'all. Y'all struggling now. I have struggled. I do struggle. And if it don't end, it'll end in heaven. I'm going I'm to quit struggling one day. But he's saying, you used to have this way of life. You should have this whole new way of life. You know what the next verse is? Colossians chapter 3. Anybody know the very next verse I didn't read? Very next words, do not lie to one another. Any of y'all ever struggle with putting obscene talk out of your mouth? I like how some people raise their hand. Like they bedding at an auction. When it tells you to put something else on, put, put, then, put on then, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate heart, so forth. It's another list. There's two destinies. We see that those who are earthbound, their end is destruction. That's what verse 19 says. But for those who are in the Lord Jesus, the Bible tells us in Philippians 20 and 21, it says, we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. That's who we're waiting for. Who will transform our lowly bodies to be like his glorious body? Somebody say amen. Amen. Now, be for real. Somebody answer me. Could it be any more plain than this? Whose are you? How are you living? Who's leading you and who are you leading? All y'all mamas and daddies are leading some kids. Where are you leading them to? What sort of way are you leading them? I mean, just because yours is grown out the house don't mean they're not looking to you. Your precious grandchildren. Some of y'all got great-grandchildren in here. Whose are you? Who are you following? Who are you serving? Who are you leading? How are you living? What city do you live from? Now, we all know where we live. You know, what city do you live in? What city do you live from? I live from Roxboro. I kept telling people, people say, where are you, where are you guys from? I'd say Roxboro, North Carolina, they do like you. My wife say, Near Duke University. Oh. <laughs> so, of course, I, I'm smart, right? People started, kept asking me, where y'all from? Bushy Fork. <laughs> Downtown. <laughs> I'm not giving in. I'm, I was living where I'm from. I was reading my Bible on the beach. This man 
was setting up chairs for his family. And he sat down and he says, you reading your Bible? I said, yeah. He says, you believe that? I said, cover to cover. He says, oh, I see you're from the South. I said, yeah, we are the most brilliant folks. <laughs> I'm not going to stop living where I'm from, folks. Amen. Okay, last question. Okay, y'all, stop being nervous. I've been here for a while. I'm leaving in a little bit. I hope I've been faithful in the gospel. Amen. Now, I know you might have walked the aisle at some point in your life. Praise God. Praise God for every decision you've ever made toward the Lord. But are you trusting? Present tense. Is Jesus your Lord? You, you, you might look to this time where you, you was, he was, by the divine power of God, transferred out of darkness into light. You were transformed from a goat to a sheep. But you didn't gave up your sheep and ways. And you become more goaded than you ought to be. You know what you call that, don't you? Bad. <laughs> are you trusting Jesus? If, if, if you're a believer, are you strong or weak? If you're weak, get on your knees. And you start looking around for a believer to disciple you. You be humble enough to say, disciple me. Maybe you've never given your life to the Lord. Well, I urge you this morning. He says, anybody that comes unto him, he will in no wise cast you out. You know why that is? Because he threw the hook out and caught you and has been reeling you in all along. Amen. If you even want to come to him, he's done come to you. The Bible says if you'll believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. The Bible says that if you will believe on the name of Jesus and receive him, you will be given the legal heavenly right to be called a child of God. You'll be adopted into the family of God, seated at his table of feasting. Amen. And nothing will ever snatch you out of his hand. Even those moments where you're really weak won't snatch you out of his hand, but he'll move you from weak to strong because that's what he wants to do. So what's your condition today? The time of decision is indeed for you. Our hymn of decision is Jesus I Come. As soon as I pray, let's stand and sing together. Father. Open our hearts that we might see wondrous things from your law, that we might behold the beauty of Jesus. Give us faith and cause us to put our trust in you through Christ our Lord. In Jesus I pray. Amen. Amen. Let's stand together and sing. <coughs>